0: It's the end of a console lifecycle, and so this week on gaming, Stace Harmon and myself, John Robertson, are putting each other on the spot and asking, what are the best games of this generation? Okay, so we've set out some different categories to help us formulate ideas and to provide some more structure for you all to digest our picks and why we've picked them. Um, But first, just to uh, make it clear that... We've decided that we're allowed to pick any games that have come out after November 2013, which is when the PS4 and the Xbox One were released. Um, but all consoles, all uh, mobile platforms, Switch, PC, everything is fair game. Um, so, Stace, you want to break down the categories? Um, what, what? Um, yeah. What sections
1: we've got? got? Yeah. So we've got a bunch of categories here um, to avoid the kind of usual numbered top five top ten so the categories that we're going to be diving into are most played uh that's basically just as it sounds that's a, a, just a pure number of hours um over those seven or so years uh the most impactful interpreted however we've seen fit um our favorite trend of that time our favorite new ip our favorite legacy franchise so a returning franchise that's been around for a long time outside of that period and the best single game or our favorite game at least of that time period. So those are our categories we're going to we're going to run through them um in that order and to make this more uh, more exciting and more dynamic for each other we haven't told each other our our picks so we're going to we're going to be revealing those to each other as we reveal them. To you so as well. the horror as to how wrong <laughs> the embarrassment, yeah, yeah, the
0: selections <laughs> are will be genuine.
1: Okay, so we're gonna let's kick off then with with probably the most uh, the most objective of all of the categories on this list, which is most played. Um, John, what is your most played game from November 2013 to present day?
0: Um. <clears throat> so yeah, you say objective, but it's hard. It's harder than it should be actually to find definitively what your most played game is because not all the platforms have um break it down by hour by hour like that for you are we going to start screen um, on this already <laughs> the most objective
1: is this one it, that is true it's probably the most objective of all of the subjective categories we've got
0: so. yes so uh so i mean i've got a bunch of games here I'll, ju- I'll just list off a few but then i'll say which one i believe is the one i've played the most so uh, sea of Thieves, Stardew Valley, Apex Legends, Project Cars Two, Monster Hunter Worlds, and Final Fantasy XIV: The Realm Reborn. I know that came out in 2013, um, but you know, played it in 2014 onwards. But I think actually the, the game that I've played the most um, is is Friday the Thirteenth, which awesome. is um, probably not a game that's appearing on many people's <laughs> best of the generation um lists
1: um, i think that's fair to say and i think because i mean i i've played uh min- minuscule seconds of this game so and i'm what I, but what i understand of it is is kind of the the buzz around it but also that it's it's kind of considered to be something of a rough diamond is that is that a fair
0: assessment well uh, yeah i mean it's super buggy like if that's <laughs> what you mean um literally like uh, like the people i play it with um it does help to have people play it with it's not it's not a game i really ever play alone i have a very short amount of time with it alone solo um it's really a multiplayer game well it's just only a multiplayer game but you know it's a social game player of friends um it's but yeah we've always got this joke that um <laughs> pretty much literally even though i play it so much literally every time you play it every time you turn it on there's a new bug And no, it's a bug you've not seen before it's just unreal like li- li- like it just happens so much like whether it's a server issue an actual game breaking bug a-, a menu screen that doesn't go away a loading icon that doesn't go away for like the entire time when you turn it on like it's just so buggy like it's it's absolutely un- un- unbelievable but um that's got to be also a strength right there it's like it, it keeps finding new ways to surprise you which is yeah exactly a pleasant it's, thing it's that's original good. um each time you play it, you don't know what you're going to get um but yeah um yeah but but at its core the core gameplay is it, it's just brilliant like like just the concept of a bunch of counselors trying to run away from jason uh jason's like super powered compared to you he can really easily kill you um you've all got to work together um to perform certain tasks and uh uh objectives uh like you know fixing the car up fixing the boat up and you can leave or finding the fuse to put in a a fuse box you can call the police uh and then a a timer counts down and Mm -hmm. they'll come and find you um it's got this really cool system as well where you can't talk to each other unless you pick up a walkie-talkie and only the people with the walkie-talkies can talk to each other i mean we kind of break that um rule in the game because we're on discord or whatever so the 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 in-game
1: chat only supports chat if you found walkie-talkies is that the that's the is that the intention of it yeah if if you weren't using discord and you're just using the the communication in game that's really cool that's that's a really cool kind of thematic nod to the fiction um, now but which which version of jason is it that you're running away from because there are well it's all
0: yeah, I mean, there's different um I mean, he's always got well, he's got different skills. Okay. Um you you can pick different skills that he's got. So sometimes some people have to sprint, some people don't, and whatever. I don't really know too much about Jason's skills because I never play as Jason. I play as Jason like twice. I'm just always a counsellor. Mm-hmm. I just really I just don't enjoy playing as Jason at all. Um But yeah, it's just the whole the whole vibe that the game creates is just it's just and, and you get to like it you get to like the bugs like it becomes like your thing you mm. know like it's your like it's almost like the problem child or something in the family but it's like it's like your problem child like it's the one that <laughs> like you found and it's the one that like you're taking care of like yeah <laughs> i um, love, love them
1: anyway yeah
0: yeah I, and i'm still we're still playing it like still play it um know, i still play it at least a few times a week um
1: so, Friday the Thirteenth, and and so it's a game. It's an asymmetric multiplayer game. You've played it probably more than any other game, and yet you've you've experienced basically half the game, like one side of the game. In that you you're not kind of splitting your time between Jason and the counselors you You're just being yeah. I don't like playing as Jason
0: at all. Yeah. So there, so there is theoretically
1: um, like a whole load more that it could give if you got into the Jason side of it. Then it could it could just yeah, have another literally. lease of life basically so that's yeah. okay I mean that well that's got to be the sign of a of a if not uh, technically brilliant at least a a brilliant game that it gives you that oh, much. it's
0: just a great it's um, just a great idea yeah and, and the same team um went on to make the Predator uh it Predators mm-hmm. um yeah, Sony, I mean, which is nowhere near as good as well received, same, same but, idea yeah. like asymmetrical one person's a Predator the other guys the other people are the military grunts but yeah no one it was good mm. Okay. um okay, that's probably enough from Jason, Friday the thirteenth um what's your most played is it um something a bit more <laughs> you know, commendable
1: um well it's I don't know that it's um yeah, it probably is technically more sound um or stable at least um and it's a game that I started playing I think I started playing it on on iPod possibly iPod touch I think Uh, and I now play it across phone and PC and laptop and it's Hearthstone which was released 2014 Mm. and that I now this is one of those games as you were saying this is one of those games that um, I don't have kind of quantifiable metrics for it and there is some pretty stiff competition because I do have Steam stats for other things like uh certain games in the civilization series um i've played hundreds of hours of but hearthstone is yeah i I thought you were going to say civilization well yeah i mean that that, i think if i was going purely on on games that i've got measured time for it it probably would be um but even then it would be civ 5 which was actually last generation so it but anyway yeah hearthstone is the game that i and it's it's a it's an odd one for me because it's I was trying to think of another game that I have, that I have long periods of time away from, but then still play. I have periods where I go through it and I'll be playing it, you know, daily. And I don't know that I really, I don't know that there is another game like that, that I have, that I've been playing for that length of time and repeatedly go back to.
0: Um What is it that you play on? Do you play an iPod or, or iPad or something? iPod. I, Who's got it, an iPod? Used to, um, <laughs> I used to
1: have an iPod touch once upon a time. Um, Most of the time now, I think I probably play on my laptop. My laptop's one of those, like, it's that hybrid thing that you can fold back on itself to basically make it like a big tablet. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think probably primarily on that. uh, I actually deleted it. It was on my phone and I deleted it from my phone because I was... I was just playing it too much. i could got to go down to make a cup of coffee and then like start playing it. So well, this isn't, you know, a game of Hearthstone can be super quick, but it can also be too long. Um, when you're just having a quick break from work. So I deleted it from my phone. It's kind of, it's kind of that, that kind of game or has been that kind of game for me. But yeah, I keep going back to it. Um, I always look forward to whatever the next expansion is, which these days they're doing three of those a year. Um, and yeah, it's just a uh, it's it. I don't really have. I don't think there's. I don't have a lot of friends who play. I don't I don't play it with friends. I just play against strangers. And yeah,
0: but it's the game that keeps. So do you play like the it. seasons? Do you love? Do you sort of have a goal in mind? A rank in mind for each?
1: Not really. I mean, the, the the thing is the slightly. I mean, I guess embarrassing. I'm not embarrassed by it, but it could potentially be embarrassing. Is that? I don't think I'm particularly good at Hearthstone, despite the fact that I, I've played it probably more than any other game in the last seven years. So I, I don't aim for kind of the the super leagues of, um, like the legend rank that you can get up to. If I'm getting mm. somewhere in, in the gold, um, sort of high golds, uh, low, um, platinums, so I believe it is now because they recently mm. changed the ranking system, then I'm quite happy with that. And sometimes I just like having a quirky deck that I try out and I just sort of will, play that and it's not a top tier deck i'm not net decking i'm not going and finding decks online to play i'm just sort of throwing things together that i think seem like they might work um sort of really like combo decks that require so many different pieces to work that it's quite hard to make it work but when it does it feels super satisfying so yeah Mm hearthstone is is i think my most played of the
0: last the last seven years um okay well I think it's going to be a long episode. So we've still got five five categories to get through. Uh, um, so most impactful then. So do you want to kick this off? What's the yeah, game that's been my, most, well? How have you interpreted most well, impactful? Well, yeah. And- so this is
1: so I, I mean i've taken I've taken most impactful to mean varying different things. Uh, so I picked a bunch of kind of shortlist games, things like Breath of the Wild, things like Death Stranding, things like Papers, Please, Day Z um slay the spire into the breach a, a bunch of games but the what i settled on was a more possibly a more sort of traditional notion of, of impactful in, in the sense that it, mm. the, it had the biggest effect on me and that is the last of us part two uh and i,
0: I am i am utterly shocked <laughs> <at that point. laughs>
1: indeed well that yeah there is there is no surprise uh in that regard it's that you know that i absolutely i loved it i mean it, it was a game that i it is a game i've played through um a couple of times at this by this point i've i mean, i think i could be on a third playthrough but I've, I've kind of finished my second it's, what
0: difficulty are you going what you play? Uh, it's the one below
1: grounded so it's basically that like the second hardest and that was something that i i started on that um because i remember that from carrying over from the first game that as much as I loved the first game, um, in many ways more than the second one, but it was—I remember it being—I wanted to kind of really buy into this this notion of uh, struggling to survive, and so not finding a lot of resources. Yeah. And I remember on like normal on the first game, there were just too many. You would just end up with a glut of resources, and you'd have to be using stuff just to then be able to pick up the stuff that's in front of you. So
0: I put it on a, a harder difficulty. I never found that. I was, I'm just not good at The Last of Us at all. And I always had about four bullets. And one bandage or whatever. And oh my God, so now there's nine enemies. Oh God, see you later.
1: And in terms of like the, and the impact there, I mean, it's so that, yeah. So that was, it is something I probably know the systems of the game very well, which, which helps um, in terms of that, in terms of kind of performing at it. Um, and in terms of impact of The Last of Us Part 2, it was, I mean, honestly, it's like, I love I'm in love with the characters. It's uh, a game that made me uh, sob. It's also, as a, probably an insight as well, my daughter's name is Ellie, and that's not <laughs> completely coincidental. I don't know that I would tell my wife that my daughter's named after um a video game character but you know it's not uh, it's yeah it's, it's not completely coincidental that her name's Ellie so yeah it's just a game yeah
0: that. well yeah I think a lot of people can will be able to um, empathize with that
1: and a lot of people pig. did not like it and that's even that is part of what made it kind of so impactful for me a lot of the discussion around it the fact that Naughty Dog will take risks with it. Uh, the fact that the first time I played it, there was stuff that I really didn't like. I didn't like being forced to play as, a, as Abby. Um, but that's the point. And so, yeah, it's that is my most impactful game of the last seven years is one that came out really not that long ago at all. Um, so by contrast what's your entry for this and and how have you interpreted
0: this well i don't know if it is by well i struggled to interpret this actually um so my shortlist for this is very long so um okay so i'll just go through the shortlist so um pt which i know is only like 10 minutes long um, pt firewatch persona 5 divinity 2 the last guardian disco elysium resident evil 2 remake hellblade sea of thieves what remains of edith finch phasmophobia which i know has only just come out but literally that game has had an impact on me like i can't sleep at night now like the electricity bill is so high in a house i just got to sleep the light on every <laughs> every day all day uh oh. not all day all night um but i've actually come back to something more traditional and it's also a sony game i think Mm. god of war is my most impactful and i kind of i don't know there was a part of me kind of like the hipster part of me i suppose that really didn't want to pick like a triple a game but um for this but i don't know god of war it's just it's just uh, it's just it's just kind of undeniable the impact like um I think one of the things, not just its inherent quality, like it's kind of intense and it's also gentle and the action is amazing and the progression systems and the narrative and all that stuff um, is amazing. But just sort of outside of that, just looking at it from from the bigger picture is so impressive. And I think one of the things that really made it, had a big impact on me, was that it showed that you can, AAA games really can you know they they're often criticized for being a bit safe they they mm. they play it by numbers a bit but god of war completely changed up the formula from the previous games um it locked it into a uh, much more a, a, a relationship based um story um the progression was much different like every everything everything about it was was different but it but it retained a core essence of what made the mm. you know that big crunching action is still there kratos is still like a badass but you know he's a bit more bit more human in this one um so it had a did it so it had a greater impact because it was part of an existing series is that
1: right like because there well, were things that had come before it and set a certain expectation and set a yeah that, is that
0: yeah that helped yeah. and because it kind of showed that triple a games can move with the times they mm. can be dynamic they can try to do something else even when they've established this thing that has clearly worked for them really really well um it was it wasn't afraid to to try to you know be a bit daring to change to change the rule book a little bit um and i really respect it for that um and and you know just in its own right as i said it's just just a a phenomenal game like you don't have to have played the other ones um you might not have that perspective on it if you didn't play the other ones but you definitely don't have to have played the other ones to uh, you know that perspective isn't the only way to enjoy the game Mm. Mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so god of yeah god of war for me and yeah as i said like i really did i, I, was, I was trying so hard to think of more reasons. like so firewatch i think was probably the second place mm-hmm. um and i was trying to think of more reasons to have firewatch be like the number one just to you know be a bit cooler about it but yeah i don't know it just came to it you just kind of can't really deny for me i i couldn't really deny the reality that yeah god of war um yeah just just kind of killed it like every every hour i was playing that game it was just like there's just there's just no filler in that game mm-hmm. like there's just no even like you know once the credits rolled there's still so much to do but it's meaningful stuff to do it's not just like box ticking exercises to like level this up or achieve 100 of this or collect 10 of that like it's you know the the, the post-credit stuff the post-game stuff um it's really good. Mm. Like, it kinda adds more to the story. It adds more stuff to the whole thing. Like everything in that game's just yeah, there's there's just no filler in that game.
1: Okay. So two most impactful then for both of us, two big AAA games, as you say, two both Sony games, Sony, uh well console exclusives at least. Um so moving from the most impactful individual game, what has been your your favourite trend of the of the last Seven years of this generation, and how have you interpreted that?
0: Yeah, and it's really about what gamers are given. I suppose mm-hmm. is is how how is how I've how, how I've interpreted this. So, um, early access, free to play, remakes and remasters. So you know things like Grim Fandango, Shadow of the Colossus, Catherine, Final Fantasy VII remake, Resident Evil Two, um, and battle royale as a mm-hmm. as a genre, and battle royale as a genre. Is I think my favourite trend, my favourite sort of new addition to the gaming sort of zeitgeist, like ecosystem, mm. you know, reality. Yeah, and because I mean, Apex Legends is one of the games I've played the most, and, and I know Battle Royale does is largely shooters, Fortnite, Apex, uh, PUBG, Warzone um but Fall Guys more recently as well has kind of shown that you can do other things and I think the thing I like with Battle Royale is that um it's going to get very like art schooly here but the um your so let's take Fortnite as an example which is I played a bit of PUBG before Fortnite but Fortnite was the one that really was the Battle Royale game I really started playing a lot before I moved on to Apex um in Fortnite, you, you go down, you drop in, and there's 100 players, and you're having an individual... If you're playing in solo, you have you have an individual story that's yours, and every single other person is having an individual story that's theirs. But there's also 100 people sharing the same story mm-hmm. as well. So um, everyone's got the same reality, and everyone's got the same kind of set, and everyone's got the same location, but there's 100 unique stories going on there they're all equally real and all equally meaningful because they all have an equal weight in terms of crafting the reality of that hundred person joint story Mm -hmm. you know like even if one person ultimately wins so you could argue that that person's story is more important than the rest but it's not really because that person can't get to the end of their story without engaging in all in the other stories as well or you know, the mm-hmm. person that they kill is engaged in the other person. So, so everyone's connected. So, I really like that. And, and just for, you know, like the, the pacing of it, um, to be just a bit more, um, uh, gameplay focused on it. Um, you know, the pacing, the resource gathering at the start. Sometimes there's a little mad rush because you're, you've dropped down next to someone else and you're both really low on gear and who can, who can get that first kill and, um, you know, does that set you up for the rounds? Um, Going forward, you know, can you loot that whole area by yourself if you get that first um, sort of, you know, crazy kind of um, thrashing mm. kind of unpredictable kill at the start. Um, yeah, and it's just I like every time a new Battle Royale game comes out, i am not necessarily play it, but I'm definitely intrigued by it. And i have definitely at least check it out I'll I'll watch a bunch of stuff on it before kind of delving in I I, I suppose the drawback of them is that in order to be good at them you really have to focus on one um, because the meta of the game changes quite quickly Mm -hmm um so you very quickly kind of fall out of the knowledge base of how to play them if you don't constantly play them um, and this is
1: this is something that you alluded to a couple of episodes ago on the podcast because that was a games that you love but wouldn't play again and then one of your picks for that was apex legends right and for basically yeah. for those reasons that you're describing that it's it's something you played a tremendous amount of and then kind of fell off for other reasons just for a short sp- uh, period of time and then the, the the idea of getting back into it and the mental
0: investment that that was going to take oh, yeah.
1: is was kind of too bigger too big a better obstacle to over to overcome
0: yeah i mean i mean certainly on i mean Fall guys is a bit different because it's it's much less complicated um and you can kind of keep up to you can keep up the date with the tactics and stuff pretty easily on Fall guys it was just a youtube video or two but um yeah fortnite apex warzone pubg Any of those, um, yeah, you really have to invest. You have to invest invest a lot of time, um, if you want to win anyway, like, you know, if winning's your goal, if, if you're just playing it socially with friends and it's, you know, you're just all in there having a good time, then it doesn't really matter as much. But yeah, if you really want to win, um, yeah, time investment, time sync is 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 a big one, and yeah, like playing a battle royale game, a lot of invariably does mean you you play fewer games overall because mm. mm. um, <clears throat> you've already got to you've already got to focus on it. Uh, I'm guessing that you're not going to say battle royale games <laughs> <laughs> That's your favourite trend, <laughs> given that you're. Uh, any any game involving a gun for you, apart from Last <laughs> of Us, um, seems to be a challenge.
1: Well, that, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't take offence at that. That is that is true. That is absolutely true. Um, no, I'm not going to pick Battle Royale. I'm going to pick something that is tangentially attached or um, kind of in relation to that. Um, and it's, yeah. uh, well, there. Was, I didn't have as many, I don't think I had as many on my shortlist as you. One of my strong runners-up was console vr and am really i'm really when i say console vr i'm talking specifically about uh playstation vr and even more specifically when i say playstation vr i'm really just talking about one game to be honest uh maybe maybe a couple but and that would be beat saber and so um and that's just sort of a a thing because of the the number of people in my family that have played it the experiences we've had with that that without having console mm-hmm. vr in particular for my setup um, I wouldn't have been able to have those experiences, but that it that well, it stayed in second place because I think my my actual favorite trend um is the it's the maturing of free to play as yeah. a as a as a business model as a concept still a dirty words
0: to a lot of it, people yeah a dirty to a lot it of is people. it is
1: but I think what's interesting about that and this is why I think it it is my my favorite trend of this generation, is that it's come such an incredibly long way. I mean, it has its roots much, much further back, you know, a couple of decades back. Um, and But it's only o- over the last seven or so years that it's really started to move away from, for the main part, move away from what was once considered to be a very, you know, free-to-play was, was basically just a, another way of, of saying, like, it's a very cynical... Mm-hmm cash grabby type of experience where um
0: it's well, it was embodied by mobile games first it, right w- like yeah. candy crush and stuff like yeah, that absolutely psychological tricks yeah exactly there was
1: this this loop in place this this pretty transparent really um this pretty transparent yeah psychological trick to keep you to keep you hooked to keep you going back to it and ultimately to get some money out of you
0: yeah and it's the fear of loss isn't it that's what they often play into the human fear of our our fear of loss is greater than our desire to gain often
1: yeah and so for it to move from for it to move from that to see it go from being something that immediately turns a great number of people off and for it to go from something where even the way it's being written about is oh there's a new game in xyz franchise but it's free to play and it becomes this kind of it just becomes this stand-in for um that this is going to be low quality it's going to be cynical it's going to be rubbish for it to move from all of that into being something that we now have as gamers we now have very high expectations of it doesn't mean the same thing that it used to and it yeah it's now and it feels like there's a there's a and a confidence or just perhaps it you know just needed to go through some of the phases it's been through in order for developers and publishers to see to have confidence in it as a business model and say do you know what we don't have to employ those tricks necessarily we don't have to have this this fear of missing out we don't have to have this fear of loss we just need to make something that's amazing and yeah. and is a positive experience and people will actually want to play it and be involved and, and part of that may may or may not you know involve paying money and so that's and it also ties in with my most played game which is Hearthstone um yeah
0: well and and so you've also we've also seen games going free to play as well mm-hmm. over time because mm-hmm. I wanted to mention Rocket League in here somewhere um because it is one of my favorite games of this generation but it's not gonna it's not gonna make the cut as a pick on as a final pick on any of these but Rocket League I think it's a great example of a mm-hmm. game that's now gone free to play um and yeah offers offers so much like it's mm. just still absolutely brilliant and things um, like overwatch
1: as well like a big budget you know shooter high profile shooter like overwatch that released as a fully paid game is now a, a free to play experience so that's yeah. i think there's yeah it's it's that it's very specifically that maturing of free to play as a business model i think is has done a lot for for the for the gaming landscape um yeah, And yeah, I think it, we could probably all stand to keep that in mind with other things, with like looking at certain other trends and, and certain things where the, the knee-jerk reaction might in- immediately be that there are so many more bad examples of this than there are good examples, um, that it can, given enough time and given enough reaction as well i think you know people vote with their wallets but they can also be very vocal online and and there is like there's been a refinement process that hasn't just been about the developers and the publishers getting it right it's been about the players as well saying this does work this doesn't work and helping i think they've helped refine it into what we now have when we have you know the likes Mm -hmm. of apex and and genshin impact and and these other (laughs) huge impactful free-to-play game so yeah that's been i think that's been a it's been nice to see that happen um it's kind of dragged itself out of the out of the doldrums into this bright new age
0: okay we're going to take a very short break and we'll be back soon with our final three categories Okay, we're back. So, what we've got left, uh, favourite new IP, favourite legacy franchise, and best overall game. So, Stace, best new IP, what have you chosen?
1: Best new IP, I've got a few honourable mentions. Um, Darkest Dungeon is on there.
0: Uh, i thought i thought that was what you're going to choose Of wow i won't say the other one i don't want to
1: yeah darkest dungeon was a was a contender definitely um there is also a, a board game coming out of that interestingly um interesting to me at least darkest dungeon horizon as in horizon zero dawn was another um but the the one that i've finished on uh is a game that i'm still playing it came out very recently, the 1.0 version came out very recently. It's a game that I'm still playing 90-odd uh, hours later, and that is Hades. Super yeah, Giants. that's the other one that I've, I wasn't sure if it was going to be Hades or Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, Super Giants, Hades, it, yeah, is um, I've been playing a lot of, I am now the significant number of completions into I think 12 or 13 completions I've, I've racked up, and I'm still there's still new stuff to uncover. There's still, I'm still getting a lot out of the, the, the narrative side of it, as well as the, the combat and the, the feel of it. I mean, it's just, it is just a beautifully put together game. The, the art is fantastic. The writing is fantastic. The, the narrative, the, the systems, the way that they interlock together and, and bolster each other. And it's, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just a fantastic, fantastic piece of work. And I'm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure at some point I will move on from it. But at the moment, it is the game that I play. Uh, at some most point,
0: often. You'd, you'd
1: hope. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, will, I won't just be stuck in on one game forever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Hades is... Yeah, it's... Uh, and I've enjoyed, like, Super Giants, I think, of their other games. Uh, Transistor was probably the other one that I enjoyed the most. Now, a lot of people would mm. go to Bastion. Um, yeah, I'd go to Bastion. Yeah, and I understand. I think Transistor... Yeah, it was something about the the way that was put together as well. the 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 idea that there was two playthroughs were kind of the the expected. Um, that was how you completed the game. That was how you got the most out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Pyre I've kind of only really touched on. i have not played too much of that. But but Hades, yeah, I feel just for like Supergiant as a as a relatively small studio as well. I think that just makes that doesn't really. I don't know that that really earns any points in terms of it being my favorite new ip but it's definitely a there definitely has to be a a, a nod to them for yeah it achieving adds to so the much. achievement of it doesn't yeah, it? it does it really does yeah yeah so yeah hades and i know that you've played you know a decent amount or some hades as well and kind of share a certain number of the of the uh the things that you enjoy about it like i do um
0: yeah, yeah no brilliant game it was on my shortlist as well um hasn't made it, but it, it was, um, it was on my shortlist. Um, and we
1: talked more about that at length, didn't we? We talked, we had a whole episode on why is Hades so good. Yes. Um, plug last week's episode, yeah. what, what makes Hades so Absolutely. good. If you want
0: to listen to 30 minutes of why <laughs> Stace chose Hades for this, you can go back and download and that. The,
1: and the two things that we could come up with that are wrong with it, uh, that's there in there as well. The whole two things, which were nitpicking, to be, to be honest. Um, yeah, so Hades wins it. I mean, I, I, it's a game that I, you know, I want to get some art from it uh, to grace my walls. I think it's just is, yeah, it's fantastic.
0: So yeah, it's interesting you've chosen a game from this year. Mm, um, mm. I wonder if I wonder if there's an inevitability about that. I wonder if it's a case of well, you know, games are it's, you know seven years on, nearly from November 2013. Mm. So. <clears throat> maybe you know there's an argument to say game makers now have seven years more collective experience than they did in 2013 so lessons learned would um mm. you know add to add to something greater you
1: can definitely see yeah i mean there is definitely a um uh pun incoming there is you can definitely see a standing on the shoulders of giants kind of uh <laughs> another trademark pun iteration <laughs> that's gone into that's gone into hades creation um but they've yeah they've just refined and it is for me it's it is i think quite assuredly the the kind of the pinnacle of of roguelike games um yeah i bought spelunky 2 around the same time just just before actually and i played a bunch of that and then hades came out and that's Mm -hmm. i just haven't been back to to spelunky since um so yeah yeah hades favorite new ip John, does yours follow the same kind of route? Is well, is is, is, is well, there that recency to... effect in in play that you just mentioned? Yeah,
0: there is, but it's not quite as recent. So, I mean, Hades was on my short list as well. I'll just go through the other ones um, that didn't make it. So, Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves is a recurring thing here. Like Sea of Thieves is is high on my list of in a lot of categories, but it it, it doesn't just quite push it mm. enough to doesn't quite just push the pinnacle. Um, Apex, Rocket League um Divinity that's largely Divinity 2 um Disco Elysium again Firewatch again also Neo so the Mm. Souls games um I've never really got on with Dark Souls too much Sekiro is probably the From Software game I like the most but I think Neo and particularly Neo 2 Neo 2 I think is the best Souls game that I've that I've played but um my favorite new fp i think is the ori game so ori and the blind forest Ori, ori and the wood of the wisps and i know a lot of people are going to say well what about hollow knight it's Like, yeah i know hollow knight and it's great um and it is very good so don't get me wrong um <clears throat> but for me i am so i like um aside from games like i really like studio ghibli i like mm. disney stuff um And Ori and the Will of the Wist has that kind of embodiment of that kind of fantasy, that fairy tale, um, um, those kind of um, warm and cuddly, uh, like things that start off warm and cuddly, but actually turn into pretty severe and nasty kind of (laughs) tragedies. Um, Like life. It's it's a reflection of like life. Yeah. uh and then so so they've got that kind of essence in both the narrative and in the visuals. Um but they've also got the gameplay quality as well. And and I know and again, I know that everyone's gonna be thinking Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight, but and I know Hollow Knight's a bit more precise on the combat and all of that stuff, and the bosses are better designed in Ori uh sorry in Hollow Knight, and they they are, and I don't disagree with that. Um but it's just a whole the whole package for Ori, like the welcomingness of it, the just a sense of um wanting to explore, just wanting to see the world purely for the visual element, if nothing else. Mm. So, um, so,
1: are you? Is there a distinction to make? Can you make the distinction? I mean, you mentioned Hollow Knight there a couple of times on uh, almost kind of making concessions to Hollow Knight. Well, yeah, do, because you, do you think I, Hollow Knight is? I, a I don't technically better game or i mean can you even um, distinguish between sort of your, the fact that it's ori is your favorite i think is it better? i think like,
0: hollow knight I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say hollow knight is a technically better game i would say it's a technically more precisely designed game mm-hmm. so it's more um it's more severe in um you know this move does this this action does this this boss does this it's very um very very finely cut that game mm. like it's it's very polished mm-hmm. i mean polished in terms of the animations and the actions that you can do it's it's very sharply designed incredibly sharply designed. ori is a bit more kind of loose the movements are a bit looser the jumping is a bit looser um you know the running and just walking around the attacks are a bit looser so it doesn't have that like precision of like okay i will now go and uh do this thing um and i will wow everyone mm. with just how brilliantly like frame by frame i've mm-hmm. dominated that scene you can do that of course you can do that in any game but hollow knight lends itself more to that kind of play um but it, but it's just all it's just all the surrounding stuff with with ori it's, it's that sense of, i find myself much more eager to explore and uncover the world mm. in ori to meet the people there you know the friendly the friendly characters there um to kind of see that relationship between the characters which is very thinly created and a lot of it is left to your imagination and there's a lot of environmental storytelling rather than just pure now a b and c mm. happen like you're you know, told um you really are shown rather than t- and, and it does it does reward you for kind of looking between the lines of of that stuff which i like um not, again, I, I keep making concession on Holly Knight. It's not that Hollow Knight doesn't do that, but I think it just doesn't kind of grab me in the same way. It doesn't have that like mysticism, mm, that kind mm. of that kind of otherworldliness in the same way that, that Ori does. Um And yeah, and and also for me, like the Metroidvania style games, I'm not um I think one of the reasons I've picked this is because I'm not necessarily I've not historically been a huge player of those sort of games, even though ori and hollow knight i have played a lot of um so maybe that's a trend in this generation you know the metroidvania games are really good um i've sort of come to maturity but Mm. um yeah i think that's another that's another thing that's kind of surprised myself really with playing ori is that it's not the kind of game i would typically play but um after you know uh um, will of the wisps was like a you know day one (laughs) definitely in after playing blind forest but even blind forest i wasn't sort of well, expecting so that's, that's myself thing. to love it. So,
1: why, How did you, did you come to it because, do you remember how you first came to it? Was it because you'd heard good things about it, got good reviews, or was it the aesthetics that kind of attracted you to it, to even pick it up in the first
0: yeah, place? Yeah, both. Yeah, both. I mean, other, it's recommendations from other people. It's, you know, response mm. on online, critical and from fans. Um, Yeah, you know, you just want to check it out. Mm. Like people are talking about it, it's going to like, check it out, but you know, I wasn't really expecting huge things to kind of check it out from a, You know, knowing having to know you know lots about game design and stuff for for the jobs that we do. um, You need to kind of stay on top of things. So so it's kind of playing it for that reason, playing it to to stay knowledgeable about everything that's going on in the industry and what designers are doing. Um, So I jumped into it for that reason. Mm. Um, But yeah, like it totally changed my perspective. It's oh okay, maybe I am actually missing out here. Like Metroidvania games um you know they can be like they can be some of the best games I've played mm. um recently um so it's a pleasant surprise really like and it kind of opened me up into new genres and really Ori and the Blind Forest like turned me onto to Hollow Knight really I probably wouldn't have played Hollow Knight well oh I probably still would have for the same reasons that I've just described but um Ori made me very curious about what Hollow Knight had um mm. So even though I've picked Ori and I've spoken a lot about Hollow Knight, like they they do kind of go hand in hand, but yeah, Ori just kind of nicks it a little bit just for that. But as I said, that kind of Ghibli, Disney, that whimsical sort of just um essence that it that it has. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
1: from the from the new uh IPs to some of the more established, longer running, older IPs, the next category is favorite legacy franchise. So this is basically just a franchise that is has existed prior to November 2013. Um and there's some I think I can probably guess what yours is going to be for this but we'll we'll find out. Um
0: what's your what kind of things made your your shortlist for this? So my shortlist so Bayonetta 2. Mhm. Um, huge fan of Bayonetta 1. Bayonetta 2, I like a lot as well. It's not quite as good as Bayonetta 1, but I'm one of those fanboys of Bayonetta 1 that's like, nothing is ever going to be as good as Bayonetta 1. Um, so it's kind of onto a losing battle. Um, Resident Evil, I didn't love Resident Evil 7, mm. but Resident Evil 2 remake, I thought it was just absolutely out, out, outrageously good. Um, and that alone is good enough. Um, Devil May Cry 5 as well, I thought was just absolutely stunning. Um, mm-hmm. God of War, of course, we've already spoken about. Um Persona 5 have mentioned also Crash Team Racing and Crash 4. <laughs> they're kind of like the surprise ones. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really expect like, if you'd asked me like seven years ago, like what would be your favourite returning franchise, like Crash Bandicoot would not, <laughs> you know, would not make the cut. Um but both Crash Team Racing and Crash 4, Crash Team Racing especially is brilliant, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. But I've got to say for Legacy franchise, um Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. um and I've mentioned Final Fantasy fourteen already, but Final Fantasy seven, not a, Final Fantasy seven remake, is really what clinches it. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy fifteen, yeah, you know, not not that great. It's okay. Oh, Final Fantasy um, seven,
1: the Final Fantasy seven remake. I would say, in the time that I've known you, that's probably that I can recall. I think it's probably the most excited I have seen you or heard you talk about. Uh, a game in terms of anticipation in mo- mostly that in the, i'm not even yeah. necessarily in terms of of how good yeah. it is or anything like that but in terms of the actual build up to that the anticipation of that being released i think that's that so yeah i'm i'm not surprised that, that final fantasy yeah like, and you played a well, bunch of
0: 14 as well right that was like quite a lot of oh i played a huge about yeah. of 14 yeah i mean that's definitely on the list of like most played for sure um uh, but yeah, seven Final Fantasy Seven remake. Um, so I know people might think like, oh, but you said God of War was the most impactful. It's like, yeah, it is. But from a franchise perspective, mm-hmm. like, what's my what f- new franchise am I most happy that it's come back? Like Final Fantasy Seven. Like mm-hmm. I, Final Fantasy Seven is not a franchise, but it's almost like a mini franchise in itself to me because, you know, I was twelve years old I think when Final Fantasy Seven came out on PS One um and that is you know i was at a very impressionable age but um i am like if i'm gonna fanboy about any game Mm. um final fantasy 7 is the one like you know cloud is the best hero aries and tifa um uh you know the best heroines uh reds red 13 and barrett are like the best sidekicks like just you know in all of gaming like the end (laughs) um (laughs) That's a wrap. (laughs) Um, That's it, we're done. You know, that's just just the way it is. And it's just going to be the way it is forever. Um, And uh, (laughs) Sephiroth is the best bad guy, like, whatever, et cetera. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and I think really what it was for Final Fantasy VII Remake is the fact that it just wasn't bad it's like okay that's enough <laughs> what like, a That's relief. enough. yeah like um and again i suppose like god of war maybe a little bit like god of war like they square showed um square enix showed a lot of courage in really redesigning it mm. like you know a game a game that is so loved and so revered and set so many benchmarks and influenced so many people um, they weren't scared about saying, Okay, look, we can't just release the same game with better graphics. We really need to change it up here. Um and I don't agree with everything that they did. Um, I still don't love like the kind of walking around like sort of a lot of areas that can feel a bit empty and, and bits like that. But for the most part, you know, it, it's it's on point. Like the characterization, mm. the battle system. Um, it, you know, the way that they've kind of changed the story then they have changed the story in ways that I know that people are not happy with mm. but I like it like, and it's, I see it as less of a remake and I actually think the name remake kind of does it a disservice because it's really a reimagining like it's almost mm. like taking the original concept the original narrative concept and reimagining it from that point it's not really remaking the game well, as it was
1: it. and this is I wonder like is it it was a brave decision but it was also it seemed to me that they that Square Enix were canny In recognising that as much as everybody had been clamouring for a Final Fantasy VII remake for years and years, um, that just re-releasing the same game with prettier graphics really wasn't going to cut it because it's that it's that thing of you know the the nostalgia thing i think of or there is a trap potential trap there of you think you have very fond memories of something you think you want it exactly the way it was and then you play it and you realize that things have just moved on like as with anything as with as with writing styles as with filmmaking techniques things just move on and if you go back you have to you have to readjust your focus and you're like you have to just look at it through a different lens if you're going to go back to something like that and so it seems like they avoided that trap of of not just saying well here you've asked for it here it is they did put the time and the, the effort and the money into to and as you say reimagining something for here's final fantasy 7 but for for this generation mm.
0: yeah um and they have done some interesting things um I still do miss like just a pure turn-based battle system, but you know, if I want that, I can play Dragon Quest or something like that, or any number of Switch RPGs, mm. JRPGs. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was I was going to be clever and put Final Fantasy VII Remake, or oh, well, clever, clever anything, <laughs> you know. Cool. Um, I was going and, and I was going to put Final Fantasy VII Remake in Best New IP because it is the first game in a mm-hmm. series of Final Fantasy VII remakes. <laughs> Um, I suppose that yeah. I mean, that's a double-edged sword. Like, while I'm really glad that um, there's more coming, Mm. it also is a bit annoying that you that you know the game ends at the end of the Midgar section. Um, and now we've got to wait. Um, but you know, in the long term, it's if we get more Final Fantasy seven, then great. So, I
1: wonder, do you think would you be satisfied do you think could you be satisfied by just that first installment does it like if they'd said we're going to re-release this thing or not even re-release it we're going to reimagine this thing but it's only going to be the first x number of hours it's only going to be this section of gameplay here it is would that have kind of scratched the same itch would that have is is it necessary for your enjoyment of it that you know that there's the rest of the game coming or is like could you have been happy with with
0: just that, do you think? Uh, I don't think um, I don't think I would have been satisfied necessarily. Mm. I don't think I would use that word, um, knowing if 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 it was the case that this was the the only part that that was gonna that was gonna arrive. Um, but I mean, I think I think since playing it, I haven't. It has satisfied the the itch in that I'm not as. I'm not as kind of, um, you know, my desire to play the next one immediately mm. isn't as strong as I thought it would be. And that, and that's not because this game was bad or disappointed me. It's that maybe, it maybe, yeah, maybe in some way it has sort of satiated that Final Fantasy seven, have time to, wanting to consume Final Fantasy seven in a new way, you know, wanting to see cloud and Tifa mm. and Ares or well, it's called Aerith in this mm. one. So the American, the Americans, but, um, but um yeah so yeah maybe but i mean ultimately no like no i still definitely want to play more mm. but it is interesting definitely to to kind of observe of myself that yeah i'm not kind of desperately clamoring for oh my god like you know i have to play it next week otherwise you know i'm i just i just can't turn on the playstation otherwise you know um <clears throat> but yeah, no. I mean, yeah, end of the day, like, yeah, I'm super glad that there's more coming and they've done a great job of it. Um, yeah, it's brave, it's fresh, but it also keeps that essence. Like there are there are close to shot by shot recreations of bits in the first game, which if you know it and then you see it and it's like, oh my god, like just like well done, like slow clap. Mm, like mm-hmm. um Yeah. Anyway, we've talked talked for an hour about <laughs> Final Fantasy. So Legacy franchise, best legacy franchise of the generation. What have you? Best legacy franchise. Okay, so
1: shortlist I have things like Zelda, I have uh, The Witcher. Franchise. i'm glad you're mentioning
0: zelda a couple of times because i feel i can already feel the heat <laughs> that zelda hasn't already won every single category well, from some people yes it has
1: certainly topped numerous uh game of the generation lists that i've seen well specifically breath of the wild i'm talking about with that one but yeah in terms of a returning franchise um yeah zelda absolutely i mean it definitely gets a nod the witcher it, the witcher was one of a was definitely a contender for me um zelda perhaps wasn't sort of I wouldn't say second spot, The Witcher I would probably put in, in second spot. But also with other s- certain other things like XCOM uh, and Hitman as well, um, th- they're things, they're probably further down the list, but there's definitely, you know, I am interested to see new entries in those franchises. I pay attention to them. I do like seek them out. I'm interested to know um, like what direction they're heading in. So, but the the actual, the actual, my favorite legacy franchise um yeah as an entire franchise is the suspense is real (laughs) get ready drum roll uh it is civilization and specifically i mean civilization 6 is is the the only main entry series that has been released um in this generation civ 5 which is probably the one or is the one rather that i've put the most time in to uh, Civ Five was twenty ten, so that is that's, pre- that's very much so previous previous generation, but yeah, it's it's taking something that I think it's going on that ride with Firaxis and with Civilization, and watching them take something in Civ Four that was very much beloved and the way that they had they kind of honed it over several years, and it was a for me, that was the pinnacle of that style of Civ. But then five went in a completely different direction, uh, and there was a what I think was considered to be something of a cardinal sin of unstacking the units. You could no longer have these <laughs> yeah, massive yeah. like stacks yeah. of
0: doom just rolling over everything. That was how I got through every it, game of I mean, Civilization. That was just nuts! It was just that
1: was ludicrous um, in a in a fun ridiculous way, uh, and the yeah the unstacking of those units and then also the unstacking of cities furthermore so that now the the cities take up more more hexes and that mm-hmm. there's um districts and there's different buildings and they're, they're, yeah. there's a whole that
0: thing that changed it wildly yeah for me, and, and, and not
1: everyone i completely understand and appreciate not everybody likes that that led to me uh it became a different type of game for me it became more of a became more of a kind of a lean back kind of game more of a it was like it was. There was a relaxing of pace. Not that I've ever played a Civilization game at breakneck speed because it's really not that kind of game. <laughs> um, you know, speed, energy right? drinks and all the rest of it. But it's it's a sponsored by G. Yeah, it's a um. It's yeah. There's it feels like there's this alongside this unpacking. Um, there's also this kind of slowing down for me. That's kind of how I. That's the feel of it for me. It's not necessarily anything to do with the the pace of the game or anything like that. And going back and playing. Um, Civ 6, Civ 5, I kind of contrast the first hundred turns of these games to, and that's, that's what generally gives me the feel of, of what this is going to be to me. And it's definitely also, there's a big part of this, that it's the game that, um, my wife and I have played together the most by far. And it's a game that it, it has that, it has that whole experiential thing. It has that, like, um, it used to be when our, you in know, in, when we lived in our first our first flat we had the the desk in the living room and we used to sit side by side at the desk playing it on pc that was civ 4 and civ 5 and then civ 6 we've since got on switch and we play that on tv now and we both have the game so we play it um we play it like that it used to be hot seat we have to pass it from one to the other so there's definitely a there's definitely like a, a a emotional attachment to it a fond memories element of it um but quite aside from that just in terms of the design i'm always interested to see what where they're taking it and what they're doing with it i'm also interested in 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 franchises like that i mean humankind is one that's that's kind of upcoming i'm i've got my eye on um because i'm interested to see if somebody can kind of take take civilization on at its own game and and potentially beat it or even just offer something markedly different that is worth investigating
0: (laughs) yeah would you like to see someone beat it or would you like to see civilization kind of beat itself because i know mm. you've got civilization is is um you know it's it's, a, it's one of your favorite yeah, franchises yeah i think
1: probably yeah i mean that yeah that's a fair question i think i would i suppose ultimately because of the history that i've got with civilization and the memories i have yeah i think i would ultimately like to see another game another franchise make it uh, reassess itself a bit, push it in a different direction. But I would rather if, you know, I mean, I would rather just play the best game, but I would rather that best game be Civilization for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's that's certainly, there's There's a lot of other notable contenders in that category for me. But yeah, Civilization um, and Civilization Six is the, is I think what's been my, that's created the fondest memories for me it's been the thing that I've I've most enjoyed going back to um this generation so do you play that solo or do you play not it? no not really no I mean it's it's almost exclusively multiplayer and even then it's almost exclusively multiplayer um just me and Gemma it's not really I don't really play it a lot online I think in ter- despite the non- Gemma being your wife yeah yeah despite the uh the sheer number of the sheer number of hours that have been put into that that we have put into that um the very few of those have actually been like
0: competitive multiplayer because even when we is that a big part of it then is it is it that is it that you two have got that thing to yeah i think it is to share, it share is, yeah enjoy it is. Together. And it's a
1: game that i it's that you know it's a game that we can talk about it's a game that that we you know if i were to tell her that Civilization sevens coming out, she would be excited about that. And she plays some games, not a tremendous amount, but a couple of Final Fantasy games and Dragon Quest and uh, a few other games on Switch. She plays, but yeah, that's um, it's yeah, it's definitely there's definitely the the shared history, the 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 emotional attachment part of it is a is a big part of why that's my my favorite returning franchise. Um, so th- okay, yeah, so- that leads
0: us. We've come to the big reveal, the big moment. Um the best game of the generation. So who who wants to go? Who which of us? I'll go
1: first on this because um mine mine is a game that I have already mentioned. Um yeah. Okay. So I've purposefully you've got a whole new. S-
0: I've 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 held back
1: from yeah. mentioning
0: it. And well, I well I have mentioned it actually, but right, for, sure. You know, in yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah. Mine mine is a game that has featured in a as my pick for a, in a previous category, and it is the Last of Us Part Two, and it's I mean for many of the reasons I talked about it being my most impactful game. That is why that's all that is a huge part of why. It's also my favorite game. Um, It's, I mean, it's, I I can, I understand the criticisms of it. I understand the the detractors, but some of that is, it kind of just makes me love it all the more that it has split opinions so much that Naughty Dog was willing to take this cherished thing that it created that kind of came out of nowhere in 2013. I mean, this, The Last of Us 1 only really just missed being this generation in terms of, time at least it was you know it was like june i think no uh june 2013 there or thereabouts so yeah and then the remaster came out pretty quick on the remaster was the following year um and i actually i went to that uh, they, they did a one night live thing in um santa monica which was kind of the actors on stage doing certain scenes from the game. Neil Druckmann, uh, the game director, along with Bruce Straley, but I think it was Neil was the only one that was there at that time, um, was on stage talking about different scenes. There was like a, a secret scene that they showed after the cameras had stopped rolling because it was streamed as well. But after the camera, they switched the cameras off and then showed a what was effectively a secret scene, which was apparently going to be the end of the original Last of Us, but then they kind of repurposed and made um made it one of the opening scenes of of the sequel. Um so all of all of this I mean this this kind of this all plays into and as I've mentioned already uh, my daughter's name is Ellie. Yeah and the last of us part 2 is just a, a thing that I will uh I it occupies a different space for me in my brain. Uh it's it's sort of a I would I don't know that I would say it was fun i don't know that I, I would say i had fun playing it i enjoyed playing it but i didn't have fun playing it. yeah um but yeah i mean it <laughs> floored me and it was yeah it was something yeah. that i will you yeah, go back to and and
0: so what did you think of it compared to last of us one or, or I think is it was, is,
1: there, is there a a means of comparison i think it was a i think it was a braver game as i've mentioned i think in terms of the risks i mean and it could only be that it could only really be brave via comparison with the first game, like the fact that they built the first game up, there was this dynamic of Joel and Ellie and then to take that. Um, and it wasn't so much, uh, the, you know, I understand a lot of people were bothered greatly by Joel dying. It wasn't, spoiler alert, uh, it wasn't so much, it <laughs> wasn't so much really that Joel died because I already kind of, I'd assumed that that was going to happen because in the build up to the release, they'd been talking a lot about how it was kind of Ellie's. If the first game was about love, then this game was about hate. Was was kind of the the sort of the buzzwords, the tagline they were using in talking about it, and this dark journey that Ellie goes on. And and it seemed like, well, what is it that would drive Ellie to go on a journey like that? It's, well, somebody killing Joel would make her do that. So it, when that happened, I wasn't certainly wasn't particularly shocked by that. It was more the the bigger impact for me. Did you think
0: it was a good moment though? at the t- did you think it was like narrative the time that no. i saw
1: it um i think the first time i saw it i wasn't satisfied and i think that was i'd explored that a bit afterwards and i think it's because it felt like it was quite a quite a blunt i mean he literally gets beaten to death with a golf club but it was quite a blunt moment i think what i was probably looking for was like some sort of heroic death some sort of it felt sort of almost ignoble that he'd been just beaten to death and you know
0: yeah well that's that's what i was going to ask you do you think that a lot of people's frustrations with joel dying and that element of the story is actually built on that joel suffered a humiliating Mm. death i think it is I think it is and that was certainly
1: I think what caused a lot of the hate towards Abby and unfortunately that spilled out into real life and everything else.
0: Um, Yeah and to clarify I mean humiliating not like it's not humiliating to die in that way but it's humiliating for um, what someone who was who was built up Mm. as a hero Dying at the hands of, you know, just yeah. being kind yeah. of beaten and yeah, absolutely uh, with a golf club. That's not how, like, a, a no, Hollywood sure. would, 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 would um, provide a yeah, hero. There's there
1: no blaze of glory for sure. And I think, and I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that was partly why there was a certain reaction to it. um Or some of that reaction was tied up in that, certainly. And, but that, that was sort of, that had an impact But for me, but it, or on me. But it was more Ellie's journey after that. It was more, I just, honestly, I, mean, I, I found it devastating. Like it was, there was just times when I was playing it that I was, like, I just don't, I don't want Ellie to do this. I don't just stop, just stop going down this path. And I was having to do the stuff with the controller. It sounds very melodramatic, but it was how I felt like emotionally. I was like, I just don't viewing her basically as a real person. I just don't want you to to put yourself through this and lose yourself in this way, which is basically the entire point of the, um, the game. Um, so yeah, it is. And uh, similarly, I guess with final fantasy, like I could, I could definitely do, you know, an episode, a whole hour on this easily talking about just even just my reaction to it rather than, um, sort of the, from an intellectual standpoint, that's a whole other thing, but just, yeah, what it has meant to me, what it does mean to me. Um, it, yeah I, I that's why it's that's why i had to pick i have to pick a game that i've already picked because otherwise i think i'd have to sort of manipulate the list so that most impactful was something else so yeah that's my my game of the generation is the last of us part two um i am gonna guess uh that your game of the generation is not the last of us part two
0: no it's not the last of us um I I mean I don't I don't disagree with anything you have said about the Last of Us. It's just that the Last of Us doesn't uh, then it just doesn't really do mm-hmm. it for me in the, in that same way. I I find particularly it's not it's not the story. I, I do love the story. I love the presentation. It's the mechanics mm-hmm. of the game. It, it's the mechanics in the stealth and combat scenes. I really I find them just uh, they just don't mm-hmm. click with me at all. And they're just something to just get through rather than something to embrace mm-hmm. and enjoy mm-hmm. and kind of learn and whatever. I um yeah i mean i'm not I'm, I'm not um undermining your pick at all like it's i, I can understand why i agree with what you said um but yeah personally it just doesn't click with me to to that degree um and i wish it did as well like i really wish it did i, I feel it's just too many hurdles to enjoy the bits mm. i enjoy mm. about it for me um but so, so yes, yeah, so I've picked a game that I haven't picked through any of my other categories. Um, and there is a reason why God of War is the most impactful for me, but uh, this game isn't. So, so my favorite, my, the best game of the generation for me is Divinity Original Sin mm-hmm. 2, um, which is, just, I mean, I just can't, I just can't say enough good about it. I mean, God of War might have been more impactful, but Divinity... Uh, for for the reasons i've said um earlier but divinity has this so divinity i enjoyed as a primarily a multiplayer experience um uh, after completing it in multiplayer i then went back and played it in single player um and i think that's a big part of it for me That. um while it's, it has familiar elements from other similar RPGs of this type, sort of D&D kind of um, inspired, Baldur's Gate, you know, inspired um, <clears throat> role-playing games, the fact that um, I could play it in that four-player, mm. uh, well, three-player, actually. We played it in three-player. One of us controlled two of our party members, and then the other one had one each. You have a party of four, maximum party size of four. Um and the fact that it was multiplayer it was that social thing, and um that just made it so memorable and so stand out for me. In that you know, it was this really rich, super deep world. Like the, the world is so reactive to you. Like I know a lot of people talk about The Witcher Three, and again, like people are going to be annoyed that we haven't picked Zelda, and people are going to be annoyed that we haven't picked The Witcher Three as well, or Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, oh, Matt gets so far, <laughs> uh, um, but. Um, uh, or Mario Odyssey or whatever. Um, but the fact that the world was so emergent and so, so, so complex in how all the conversation systems work and how the different mission structures work together. Um, and that was only enhanced by playing it in three player. Um, because it wasn't just your responses, so you could try your best, like role play four characters. It's like okay, I'm going to role play the Red Prince as this, and I'm going to role play this one as this, and this one as this, this one as this, as as a single person. But when you're actually there with other people, they are role playing those characters in mm. their way. So this already super complex world has two, three more layers of. Genuine enormous complexity added to it by playing with other people who are doing things where you're a bit like, Oh, uh, I don't agree with that. I I wouldn't have chosen that, but that adds a huge element of kind of extra unpredictability and, you know, curiosity to it because you're not just in charge of any, anything. Um, Mm. So it's just this incredibly complex soup to begin with but everyone's seasoning it in their own sort of way. And you're not really sure where it's coming out. But And you sometimes you disagree with the outcome and sometimes you... Well, it's not disagree. Sometimes you like the outcome and sometimes you don't like the outcome. It's not disagree or agree because you always agree with the outcome. So, okay, yes, I understand why that happened. Um, But you don't always like it. Um, But the fact that you don't like the outcome adds more reality to the world. Like, you know, it's supposed to be a hard world. Like, it's not um you're not supposed to like every events that happen some some things are tough in in that in that world Um, it feels like a
1: world that doesn't just exist for the player like it's one of those classic examples right it's not it feels like people aren't just standing around waiting for you to come up to them and talk to them and not in any like not in any sophisticated simulation way they're not you know it's not modeling people's daily lives and they don't have this huge ai routine that they they enact out but it's it just feels like I, I remember playing it and feeling like it's a game that encourages you to think a certain way or a different way rather um, and just try things. And like, well, surely this won't work, but oh, my God, it has worked. But and then the, the the kind of the light bulbs that then go off in the, well, but wait a minute, if that works, then maybe we could go back and try on this other thing in this other situation because, you know, like all bets are off kind of thing. Like this isn't it's almost breaking the traditional rules of, of what's expected of a, of, well, not just an RPG, but of a video game in many instances. Um, Do you think it's, it does it, is it the best for you? Is it the best like representation of role-playing in that sense? You know, do you do, is it the thing that you believe the most in? Um, And is that, I guess, is that impacted by having, by playing alongside two or three other people like is that a that's just, is that just a natural consequence of of having other personalities involved and other decision making entities involved yeah like-
0: well yeah yeah i think that but also the game allows you to genuinely mm. play a role so again a lot of people are going to be comparing it to the witcher in terms of its sort of uh systems and how you can enact it but really in this you you are playing as Geralt's like and you are playing as him you're playing the role mm-hmm. of Geralt. so you're not role-playing your own character you're mm. role-playing Geralt, and 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 different Geralt might be slightly different but really it's, a, it's the same guy deep down um and it's the same in role-playing games like jrpgs like in final fantasy 7 you're not role-playing you're role-playing as cloud mm. you're not role-playing as the cloud that you've defined no 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 it's clouds like the end um, someone else has written that for you. And that's great. Like, you know, um, pre, pre written stuff is stunning. Um, if you're good at it, like, you know, there's a reason Shakespeare's popular still because good at writing characters, like pre written characters are often typically the best characters. And I'm not saying that the role that I played in Divinity as defined by me was like better written or had a better outcome or got through the journey more in a more interesting way than the writers at Larian could have done. But, um, it just, it really empowers you to make your own Mm. decisions, right or wrong, good or bad. Like it really makes your decisions. It makes it feel like your character is as much of a character as a pre written character Mm -hmm. would be. Um, which I do, which I don't think many games I mean Skyrim or Fallout, like the do do not achieve that in my at all. Like your character just feels like a shell of mm. a person and just going through the motions. I mean um <clears throat> comparatively. I mean uh, comparatively because it's such a high bar that Divinity sets, so the, the comparison is always going to be difficult to achieve. It's not not that Skyrim and Fallout are bad games; it's just that kind of if that was the rules before about how you define your own presence in the world and your own character. Like Divinity, just I mean, it just blows mm. out the water. Like it's so it's well beyond, well beyond the, what the kind of benchmarks were so previously. To put, to
1: put you on the spot somewhat, do you think of what you've played of Baldur's Gate three? Do you think it has the potential to do greater things than Divinity Two?
0: Um, I've not played Divinity. I'm sorry, I've not played Baldur's Gate in multiplayer mm-hmm. yet. Um, so I don't know. Um, Baldur's Gate Three, yeah, definitely, yeah, it has do the potential. It, does it give you the I same mean, kind sure. of?
1: I mean, you know, you mentioned you haven't played it on multiplayer yet, so perhaps it doesn't give you the same kind of feel. But I guess is, I mean, is it a game that you're excited to play in multiplayer? Is it a thing that you're
0: yeah oh definitely yeah yeah and um, the plan is to mm-hmm. play it with the same people I played mm-hmm. Divinity with soon um, yeah I mean yeah Baldur's Gate has, has a big um, while it's while it's Baldur's Gate 3's um, so you you know it's got a, a debt to pay to Baldur's Gate 2 and it's D&D Five e rules it's got a big debt to that, but uh, you know I've played fifteen sixteen hours of borders gate three early access already, and the biggest debt is the mm-hmm. divinity two without mm-hmm. question like divinity two is anyone that's played divinity two and played Dungeons and dragons and played borders gate two will be able to see that divinity two is is the mm-hmm. influence here like it, it's d and d and borders gate two um kind of inspired yeah but it's but the foundation is divinity like 100 100 percent um yeah i mean and for that reason because i love divinity 2 so much border's gate 3 is um alongside cyberpunk like border's gate 3 is the game um i'm you know most excited about i think of the of the, of the big of the big mm. games that are on the horizon um board 3 is okay. top of the list well,
1: we are now running the risk of perhaps going into a different episode uh for looking ahead to next generation and and given <laughs> yeah. the uh the length of this episode now we should probably wrap it up before we before we stretch into that next generation of consoles <laughs>
0: okay Uh, there you have it our games of the generation if you agree with us or if you disagree with us you can come chat with us at indie by design that's at indie by design on twitter instagram and on facebook and you'll also find a link to our discord while you're there so thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week